Today on Reparations in Action. Biden is approving expanded gas and oil drilling at a faster rate than Trump. You're listening to Reparations in Action. Reparations now! Uhuru. You're listening to the Reparations in Action podcast and FM radio show, The White Lies Shattered series. My name is Jamie Simpson. White Lies Shattered is a program of reparations in action exposing the insidious lies that we tell ourselves as white or European people about the nature and origin of America and the current social system. We believe reparations to African people is the key question of our times and is one that demands action on the part of European or white people. As always, we'd like to salute Black Power 96, where this show is aired and recorded for our podcast weekly. This week, we are summing up the UN Conference of the Parties 26th meeting on climate change in Glasgow, Scotland, or COP26. I am joined by Penny Hess, chair of the African People's Solidarity Committee and author of Overturning the Culture of Violence, as well as Jesse Neville, chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, to help understand the dire situation we are in as a species and a planet the role that colonial capitalism has played and still plays in environmental destruction, and the role of the African revolution and the revolution of the oppressed and colonized people of the world in its healing. So Uhuru, and welcome back, Jesse and Penny. Uhuru, Jamie. Uhuru. Uhuru, Chiro and Penny and Jamie. Great to be here. Great to be here. I'm thrilled to have you both back. Well, let's start off this conversation with a clip from an Al Jazeera documentary, which was made earlier this year called Is Colonialism to Blame for the Dire Situation with Climate Change? From the creation of plantations and the birth of the Industrial Revolution to slavery and mass migration, is colonialism to blame for the dire situation we face with climate change? Wow, that really sounds like somebody has been reading the works of Chairman Amalia Chatella and studying African internationalism. You know, uh, every year the imperialist countries of the world and the neocolonial representatives of colonized nations of the world meet in a UN-inspired annual conference on climate change called the Conference of the Parties 26. So on October 31st, 2021, 120 leaders from around the world met in Glasgow, Scotland, or the United Kingdom, as it is still called, to discuss plans for a solution to the climate change crisis, which has gotten very serious, especially in the past few years. Uh, The Chinese, Turkish, and Russian presidents did not make trips to Britain for this conference, though uh, President Xi Jinping read a brief statement through video. Also not attending the conference were any representatives of the African working class or any colonized working class population, which makes up the majority of those currently most affected by climate change. And one of the biggest stories to come out of this conference was not so much what happened inside as the protest of activists outside the conference, many of them young and from so-called Southern or colonized nations. So Chairwoman Penny, I wanted to ask you, you know, much of what the imperialist countries have said and done in response to the climate change crisis has been criticized as being nothing but a PR stunt. And there was a really 
fascinating article by Secretary General of the African People's Socialist Party, Louise Kinshasa, in the December 2021 issue of the Burning Spear called Glasgow COP26, organized by the bourgeoisie to maintain colonialism. And in that article, Secretary General Louise writes um, that there is no such thing as green capitalism, that green colonialism is still colonialism. What do you think of that criticism of the COP26? And do you think it is possible for capitalism to solve the climate crisis? Oh, Jamie, I, I think that the article that's in this month's Burning Sphere newspaper, this month being December 2021, um, written by Louise Kinshasa, who is, as you said, the Secretary General of the African People's Socialist Party, and he's based in London, and I think it's right on. I think that, you know, it just, there's no other way that this is, is going to stop that, that these problems, these very serious problems, which I want to talk about in a minute, uh, are, are going to be solved under the system that exists. The, uh, some of the, the points that Secretary General Oasey makes in his article that's called Glasgow COP26, organized by the bourgeoisie to maintain colonialism. That's the headline. And one of the things that he said is, from the beginning, it was a conference to cover the crimes of colonizers against colonized peoples and the planet. And he wrote, and yes, the same colonialism that propelled an obscure and insignificant territory not yet defined as Europe, into modernity and global power is endangering the world and the planet. It is not mankind in general who is the culprit of this horror, but colonial capitalism. The rule of the imperialist bourgeoisie is the rule of the destruction of nature and its ecosystem. And I think that that, you know, just really says it. And, you know, if you see different different interviews with young people who were in Glasgow um, from all around the world, from Africa, from the colonized world, from the Philippines, from South Asia, and um, the indigenous peoples throughout the Americas, uh, you see young people raising this and you see the urgency of an anti-imperialist movement that that these problems are never going to be solved inside of a system that was born through an assault on Africa, through kidnapping African human beings and forcing them, trafficking them, forcing them in ships to the Americas that already, that and alone, as Chairman O'Malley Chatel has told us, has um, dist began destroying an environment. And the fact that, you know, African people were forced onto land stolen from indigenous people towards which genocide had been perpetrated by the white colonizer population to the extent that entire civilizations were extinct by the 1600s. You know, that it's all one thing. And even the fact that that they raise these imperialist climate activists raise the fact that the heating up of the planet has to be measured against what the temperature was in 1750 
at the at the dawn of what they call the industrial revolution so what caused the industrial revolution the enslavement of african people what was called the triangular trade that forced africans onto huge plantations producing cotton and sugar and indigo and tobacco and you know all of these these resources then being shipped to Britain and, and France and, and the imperialist powers of Europe and the United States to be produced, creating industry, creating um, cotton mills and, and rum factories and sugar processing and, you know, tobacco warehouses and, and everything else. This is what created the Industrial Revolution. How can you start at something and not put the whole picture in? And unless we, you know, unless we really get to the bottom of it and, and recognize that climate change is nothing but an outgrowth of colonialism and what it has done. I mean, they talk about the fact that that 200 species are going, going extinct every day in the world, but so many indigenous people were driven, their civilizations and their people were driven into extinction, so much so that, that the Guardian newspaper reported that in the 1600s, there was a mini ice age because their lands went back to forest, which cools the earth. And so, you know, there is an origin to this industrial revolution. It didn't just happen. And, and what is we see now is an extension of the same colonialism, this colonialism, as Chairman says, as the mode of production of capitalism. Wow, that's really, really powerful. And it seems like this analysis is increasingly impossible to deny, you know, as, as much as there is that, that effort that you're talking about to somehow say that the historical conditions for the rise of something like the industrial revolution don't matter. Um, it, it's, it's hard to imagine how you can, you know, wreak that much genocide on human beings without also destroying the earth because you know, human beings are part of the earth. And, you know, much of what the imperialist um, have have done and said as as we've said has been nothing but an attempt to to keep a lid on this right, and they're not doing a very good job of it. We're seeing in the streets of Glasgow a group called the MAPA or the Most Affected People and Areas Group protesting the inaccessibility of the UN conference and the ineffective nature of their resolutions. Can you speak to the more devastating effects of climate change that colonized people are enduring in places like India, Kenya, and Madagascar, and what has been characterized as the global south, and even the fact that this conference is being held in the colonial center of Britain? Like You, you referenced that quote from Secretary General Luazi Kinshasa. Um, can, could you just speak to that? Well, I, I want to, first of all, I do want to say, you know, what the situation is and that a little bit of what I know about it. And that is that there is more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere 
right now than there has been in nearly 4.5 million years on this planet. So there's never been a time that human beings lived on the planet when there was that much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And the, th the reason that that's important is that the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere creates what's called the greenhouse effect that basically keeps the heat in in the earth, on the earth, you know, and, and it can't escape. And so the, the earth gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And we're experiencing that. We see that, um, you know, that, that every year is pretty much the hottest year that's ever, ever existed since records were kept. And <clears throat> that we see that almost all the Arctic and Antarctic ice has melted. And why that is important is that the ice on the poles, which was pretty much, you know, year round, historically, you know, never melted. It's called permafrost. And there are two, two reasons that that's important. One is that the ice reflects the sun away from the earth and is the major cooling element. So when the ice melts, the first thing it does is attract the sun into the darker blue of the ocean, of the water. So it heats the water and it attracts more and more and more heat. And it's very dialectical as the chairman, you know, talks about dialectics. It's all connected. But once these, these mechanisms get messed up, then the earth does to itself what human beings have done to it. It continues to do that. So the melting of, of the ice caps not only raises the sea level of the planet, which is already affecting, you know, cities next that are right on the coast of, of major bodies of water all over the world, but it will very seriously do that um, more and more over the next few years. And, you know, you see that in Miami, you see it in San Francisco and in, and in places where the sea level is rising. But also another thing that it does is that the melting of the ice cap exposes the land of of Antarctica and, you know, the land in the Arctic Circle. And in that is because there hasn't been, you know, there haven't been trees <laughs> or, or any kind of, of plants growing there for 4.5 million years. There's all kinds of detritus, you know, uh, of, of leaves and grass and you know, under there that have turned into methane gas and emit that. So, so then methane gas is the number one heating element of all the greenhouse gases. This methane gas is the, the strongest. So when the, you know, rotting material is, that's why when, you know, if the sewer comes to your house, you smell methane gas. Rotting material is methane gas. And so this is releasing massive amounts of methane gas into the atmosphere, which is a greenhouse gas responsible for, um, you know, heating, heating the planet. So you, the, it, and this is the result of what 
the use of fossil fuels, which is intrinsic to imperialism, which is what the U.S. wages war against Iraq and Afghanistan and, you know, other places in the world to control the oil, to control yeah. the petroleum and the and and the you know for gasoline and and for oil so you know it, it's it's in a way it's it's just so tragic in a way that thousands of young people from all over the world would come to a conference without a plan to be fighting imperialism and destroying it once and for all that is the only way that this system, you know, that, that's the only way this is going to stop. And I, I wanted to just add to that, Jamie and Jesse, if I could, is that, that, you know, the fact is that demanding that U.S. imperialism respond to, to climate change is, you know, is totally useless. What, what is that going to do? at best to, to build something that could sort of, kind of, sort of do something, but will be continually attacking the colonized countries and exploiting them in the same way. Um, so say the U.S. is going to go to battery-powered um, solar, you know, all this kind of thing. Well, they, they're going to need cobalt and cobalt is in Congo mm -hmm. and the U.S. is already fighting China over its control, not the people of Africa, but now China controls three-fourths of the world's um, reserves of cobalt, which are in Congo. So it's still colonialism one way or another. This is white people. You know, ultimately, this is defined by white people and that the only answer is for um, for African people, we are on, under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party. This is what the African People's Socialist Party is fighting for all over the world. Destruction of U.S. imperialism, destruction of colonialism, and the ability for African people to have their land, their resources, and the return of their stolen wealth, which is reparations, and be able to have and build a society of true socialism controlled by, by African workers, which are the true workers of the world, in unity with indigenous and colonized peoples around the world to get rid of imperialism, to get rid of colonialism, which is white power, which is the mode of production of capitalism. Capitalism can't exist any other way except colonialism. That's inherent in it. And, and to say that there is the state, there is the, the colonial state, and that's the U.S. military, and um, that is the largest, most expensive military in the entire world. It controls the world economy. So until that is overturned, it will continue to do that. And that oil is the number one most lucrative commodity in the world. You can Google that. What is number one commodity in the world? The legal economy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know US controls right. drugs as well. That's 
illegal economy. The illegal economy is oil is number one. Gas is number two and natural gas. And so, the, you know, again, you, the U.S. therefore will occupy and destroy the people of Iraq to control oil in the Middle East. They will bomb. They will torture. We've seen that. Yeah. They will occupy, just like they did with Afghanistan for 20 years or more. I mean, this is, this is what it does because this, it is acting in the interests of fossil fuels. And I just wanted to add that right after um, Biden, you know, whatever it was he did at the climate change, you can hardly speak. But nevertheless, he said something there or he, you know, he had a video or whatever it was and made a commitment to um, to to taking on this question. But in fact, the U.S. has never done anything. This is the 26th climate change conference. They have never done any of what they said, even what they said they were going to do. They've never done it. And there was an article um, that was in one of the papers saying that um, just days after the Biden administration made promises at the COP26, the Biden administration sold and leased millions of acres of gas and oil rights, millions of acres, please note that, in the Gulf of Mexico. And another article that said that Biden is approving expanded gas and oil drilling at a faster rate than Trump. So, you know, this this is in the newspaper. This is in the newspaper. There, there's nothing that is, you know, no Greta Thunberg, no, you know, not, none of these, these, you know, asking the United Nations Secretary General to, um, to please do something to stop it. It's not gonna stop it. This is yeah. built on colonialism. It is maintained that way. That is the mode of production of capitalism, period. And so it has to be. That's why I believe in the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party, because, because African workers are under, under the party. And Chairman Omalia Shetela, who has scientifically laid this out, the science of how to defeat imperialism and how it is that African people are going to be free and liberated. And, and it is through a struggle, an anti-colonial, anti-imperialist struggle to the end, you know, to, to destroy U.S. imperialism forever. And this is the only way there is, everything else is a joke mm -hmm. that they're going to do. And just to add one last thing, and I want to open it up, but the article by Secretary General Wazey that's in the Burning Spear newspaper, and I really urge anybody who wants to, to read that to go to theburningspear.com to get a subscription. It's very powerful. Um, but, you know, one of the thing, points that he's making is that, is that climate change was caused by capitalism, colonialism, and imperialism. But these conferences are basically imperialism blaming yeah. Africa yep. and, and, you know, and, and the Philipp and the Philippines and, yeah. you know, indigenous people mm -hmm. when, and saying that they have to, 
be part of what the U.S. now is building a green economy. And that, and believe me, that's an imperialist economy. Yep. So they're imposing that on people who are starving due to U.S. exploitation for the last 600 years and saying that, you know, now they have to put, make their economy reflect what the U.S. is now saying. And, and this is a struggle that's going on. You know, it's, and so, Biden, uh, I'm sorry, Obama, when he spoke at Copenhagen Climate Change, Climate Change Conference in, I think it was 2009, um, he promised that, that the U.S. and the Western countries, the imperialist countries, would pay reparations, in a sense, to African and other colonized countries in billions of dollars to help them set up this infrastructure that the U.S. is saying it's going to do, and um, and and it's never paid a cent. Never. In fact, in 2009 in Copenhagen, there was so much struggle going on, but from the African countries and and the southern, especially South Asian and and indigenous um, peoples, that Obama was was booed. He was booed when he spoke there. He was, you know, then that was covered over in the U.S. media, but that did happen. And so, you know, now Obama was there again in in Glasgow and, you know, saying all this BS about, you know, what should happen when he, you know, he represented very blatantly the interests of the fossil fuels and, and the corporate, the corporations that are maintaining the colonial domination and maintaining this this ruse of the green economy the green new deal which is the only thing that is going to turn this around is the leadership of the african working class and colonized peoples to defeat imperialism with a strategy with the party with the interests of the people at heart um, and to overturn imperialism and bring about a new world in which which all human beings can live, all animals and and natural life can live. Um, nobody exploiting anybody else. No one at the expense of of another living being. Agreed. Wow, I, I just really appreciate this whole analysis. I 100% unite with all of what what you just said, Chairwoman Penny, and and join in saluting the brilliant summation from Secretary General Louise Kinshasa and the Burning Spear. Uh, just really, really nailed it. And just this thinking about this whole Glasgow conference, you know, th like this thing shouldn't even have been allowed to happen. I mean, it's really an affront to the oppressed peoples of the world that these, you know, mass murderers and, uh, you know, the, the leaders yes. of, of imperialism that are bombing, you know, bombing people in the Middle East and Africa and carrying out drone strikes and are responsible for all of the uh, destruction of, of life, including human life, and the rest of the ecology on the planet Earth would gather to pretend like they're going to come up with the solutions. And then what you were just saying to blame colonized people and to say, all right, you know, the, the boss is, is has a new plan now. So you better get in line and, and criticizing colonized people for, you know, and, and they also criticized Russia and China and you know, I mean, anything other than to point the blame at who it really belongs to, which is U.S. imperialism and colonial capitalism. 
And uh, what you were saying about the, just the tragic nature of thousands of young people marching there without a plan. Um, I, I mean, that really hit me. And, and in terms of our responsibility to be there, you know, mm-hmm. which I know has been raised and, and to bring that leadership because the African People's Socialist Party is the only force in the world that does have a plan. Yes. You know, that does have a plan that would rescue the environment, um, which is the destroying colonial capitalism and, and liberation of African people and all colonized and oppressed peoples. And the whole like <clears throat> obsession, I don't know, the whole focus of the white environmentalist movement is at best, you know, misguided at worst than most commonly, you know, deliberately opportunistic. Mm-hmm. And, and as SG Loisi says, an attempt to maintain colonialism and at, at least to make it a, a better experience for the colonizer and shift the burden onto the colonized. I mean, you brought up the cobalt and there's a, the other example is a couple of years ago when Evo Morales mm-hmm. was overthrown or, or was, was taken out of power by a coup. The, there was, you know, a lot of discussion about the involvement of Elon Musk mm-hmm. in that because he wanted access to the lithium in Bolivia mm-hmm. in order to create electric cars. So, yeah, I mean, green capitalism, whatever that means, is not is not the answer. And, you know, yeah, I just totally unite. I mean, you have Greta out there, you know, making a kind of pseudo militant posturing, like yelling at the imperialists to do a better job, uh, you know, at, at, save, at helping the environment is going to make a difference. Um, it's just absurd. So I just totally unite that any any white people who are who are genuinely concerned about the environment you we can't separate it we can't separate it from the whole picture and the last thing i wanted to say is i remember chairman amali shatella saying that um the you know human beings are part of the environment are part of nature Mm -hmm. so you can't separate it's not like it's a separate thing the invasion of africa was an assault on nature Mm-hmm. was an assault on the natural order the the uh, yes. on the world on ecology you know so mm-hmm. um that was the beginning that was the first war against the environment was was the colonial assault on africa and african people and indigenous people and the colonized peoples of the world have always been and still are the the leading force in uh you know in in what's going to ensure a future for life on the planet earth Uhuru. Wow. Uhuru, thank you both for those powerful statements. You know, I, I wanted to also just, um, you know, bring up the, that devastation that's not at all theoretical, that's raging around the world now from wildfires in places like Australia and California to drought and famine in Kenya and Madagascar. What would you say to people who are horrified by these realities and suffering from from them what what can we do in the face of such destruction and suffering and do you think the earth can recover is is there hope in the path of african revolution and and reparations for this situation i think that that the earth cannot recover under imperialism right under colonialism, it can never recover because what is colonialism about? It's about profit motive. It's about destroy whatever lives and breathes to make 
to make something for me, to make something for, for white people. And it, it, that's all it can do. It, does, it can't do something else. There's no benign mm-hmm. capitalism. It can't do anything else. It has to destroy because colonialism destroys. That, that's right. what it does. You know, it occupies, it, it, it kills, it, you know, it, it maims, it tortures. This is what it does. And it's its essence. It enslaves, it rapes, it yeah. plunders. That's what it is. It, yeah. There's no other form of it. And I think that all I know is this. I know before the assault by Europeans on Africa, I know that indigenous people, African people, and peoples around the world had a, a dialectical, all-rounded relationship with nature, with, you know, nobody was there destroying nature. Nobody yeah. even knew what would, what would profit even mean? What would, you know, the indigenous people famously saying, how can you, how can somebody own the land? They couldn't even conceive of that thought mm-hmm. and the land ownership and everything else. And I think that if these problems are going to be solved, it's going to be under the leadership of African and indigenous peoples under a society that's built on the interests of the, the genuine working class of the world, which is the impressed and colonized working class. Um, that's only thing that would save it. I, I can't say, you know, I do believe that human beings can intervene in a positive way and re, I believe, I hope, you know, um, but I think that it's never going to, we're never going to see that under this system. No. You know, the, the, the potential for that would be under the leadership of liberated Africa, liberated yeah what's called America's turtle Island, you know, indigenous people. Yeah. That's, that's the only way. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate that. I think it's, it's really urgent that people let go of the delusion that somehow capitalism is going to turn this around. They're going to write the ship. They're going to course correct, you know, by 2050, we're going to get to carbon neutrality. Uh, um, you know, I think it's just, it's really important what you're saying. That, that people understand there is no future in this system. Well, I, I just want to say one thing on that, you know, that, that white people would want to believe that, that the U.S. could attain carbon neutrality, quote unquote, which I, I don't even know what that means, because for one thing, carbon takes many, many years to reach the atmosphere. And, you know, even during during COVID, it was like the highest amount of emissions ever. So, you know, it's, I don't even, you know, I don't know what carbon neutrality even means. It's it's a buzzword for something that imperialism wants you to believe in. Um, But the thing that is really important for white people to see is that for indigenous people, their environment was destroyed in 1492, yeah, exactly. For African people, their their environment was destroyed, and I mean literally. Yeah. yeah. In um, fourteen fifteen, yeah. when Portugal sent ships out to assault Africa and be, you know, began stealing its gold and then human beings, and for Africans, 
on the continent of Africa, there, that land, you know, even, even deserts are there because of climate change. Yeah. I mean, the, the Sahara desert was once green. Right. And, you know, this is because of imperialism and African people in the U.S. under colonialism experience the most polluted settings. Indigenous people, you know, are, are fighting that, but the, the uranium mining that's yeah. forced onto indigenous lands and, you know, and so many other things. So it's sort of like when white people say that they're scared of fascism, but like Chairman Omali Shatella says, they never raised anything about colonialism, which has uh, many, you know, all the qualities of fascism and more every single day for African people. Yeah. You know, when George Floyd is murdered and police murders almost every single day, you don't see white people saying stop fascism in the African community. Mm -hmm. You know, it's when it affects white people. And that's what's happening right now is that white people are seeing the effects of what, you know, what the system and we have participated in the colonially, the colonial destruction of the majority of the planet earth. Definitely. I really agree. And, and um, just on that fascism point, like when you were talking earlier about how Biden has basically come in and done whatever, everything Trump was doing on steroids, but there's no outcry from the same people who were screaming fascism when mm -hmm. Trump was in office. Mm -hmm. so it's obviously such a cover and such a diversion and, you know, just any, anything to not, face and, and expose and identify colonialism and also just the other point that you were making you know um like yeah just the the point that like the chairman has said the uh there's talk from environmentalists about an existential crisis that climate change presents but the african and, and colonized peoples have been you know have been living through existential crisis from from the beginning of the of the colonial enterprise and I've also seen indigenous activists, you know, say something to that effect that like they their apocalypse began a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just the slaughter of the, the buffalo and um, mm -hmm. everything right, uh, right. that's that's been happening, even like in Nigeria with shell oil and mm -hmm. burning oil in the, you know, in the Niger uh, Delta and um, just everything that that um, that U.S. imperialism has been doing that. Yeah, exactly. It's never been even talked about in the so-called environmentalist movement. So, yeah. And just to wrap up, Jamie, I just want to say that this is why the climate change is not going to happen until imperialism is just is destroyed. And yep. imperialism is not going to be destroyed except by an organization with fierce discipline and adherence to the interests of the African working class not the petty bourgeoisie, mm -hmm. not the interest of the colonizer, the anti-colonial party, the, the, you know, just, just this, this un <laughs> interactive, I don't know what the word is, you know, the, the, this incredible organization that led by Chairman Omalia Shatella that uses the term relentless, that yep. is fighting, that is building, that is winning the war of ideas and then going in against a dying imperialism, which is what we see right now, and and just you know working to destroy it and liberate Africa and African people everywhere and all oppressed anybody who wants 
to come with them. We have to be organized as white people. We have to go into the white communities and win other white people, that the stand of reparations is a revolutionary stand, returning the stolen resources. That's the real redistribution of the wealth of the planet. We have to, you know, we have to take this on. We have to build organization. White people can't, you know, continue to think that just going out to demonstrate is going to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it means that that imperialism puts more band-aids over the problem, maybe in front of you, but it's not changing anything inherent to to a system built on slavery and genocide and colonialism. So, you know, I really want to say that that the African People's Socialist Party is very, very serious about defeating imperialism. We can be under the leadership in the Uhura Solidarity Movement. Um, check it out and. We owe reparations to African people. That's a revolutionary demand. Wow. Well, Penny Hess, chair of the African People's Solidarity Committee, and Jesse Neville, chair of the Uhura Solidarity Movement, thank you so much for joining us again today on Reparations in Action for this incredibly important discussion summing up the COP26 and the climate change crisis of parasitic capitalism. This has been Reparations in Action, White Lies Shattered. Thank you so much for joining us. You're listening to Reparations in Action. Reparations now! This has been an episode of Reparations in Action, the White Lies Shattered series, a biased podcast of white solidarity with black power. My name is Jamie Simpson. This episode was engineered by Marcel Marius, who also composed our theme music. The show is researched and produced by Penny Hess, Jesse Neville, and Lisa Watson from the Black Power 96.3 FM studio in St. Petersburg, Florida. A shout out to Akile Anayi and DJ Eddie Maltzby, as well as the entire Reparations in Action team, Sandra Forrest, Johan Bedingfield, Amanda Carlozzi, Kyle Weiss, Marissa Ricchetti, Ali Aiello, Alana Woods, Declan Keller, Hallie Murray, and Sarah Ritterspock. If you liked what you heard today, you can go to Apple Podcasts and rate this podcast. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, please email them to us at ria at blackpower96.org. Special thanks to the African People's Socialist Party's Chairman Omali Yeshitela, without whose leadership and theory of African internationalism, none of the understandings presented on reparations in action would be possible. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. <laughs>